Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Um, Word of God, Word of God. Anybody remember being in school? Anybody remember being in school? Uh, um, John, you remember being in school like 50 years? No, not 50 years, but uh, <laughs> but but when I when I was in school, almost every class kind of had this same approach. The good kids, the smart kids, would sit at the front of the class, and I'm not gonna call them the bad kids, but the rebels, the the troublemakers, would sit at the back. Right, And then the people that didn't want to associate with either the good kids or the rebellious kids, they kind of sat in the safety of the middle. Was it like that in your school, right? All the smart kids, but, you know, we would mock those kids. You know, we call them the teacher's pet, and we make fun of those kids. And uh, here's, here's probably what's interesting. I wish I could do a study on this, but I can almost guarantee you that the kids in the back are working for the kids in the front today. I just, I, I'd love to do a study on that, but but then the majority were the majority were in the were in the safety of the middle because they they didn't want to really be the teacher's pet and they didn't want to be with the rebellious and 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 get in, and get in trouble. And you know what's interesting? Like kind of like church is like that. I'm gonna look at the back. <laughs> All the people at the back are squirming, but. You're like, well, Pastor, where, where, where did you sit? Where did you sit? Well, hopefully I went to class, right, because that was another challenge for me. But, but generally, I was kind of like backish middle, backish middle uh, and, uh, until Jesus got a hold of me. But here's, here's my point. Here's my point. Was, it was the kids at the front that were always being mocked. Nobody really mocked the kids in the back. And besides, they were kind of always a little bit bigger than everybody else. And here's my... Here's my, here's my message today. Here's my message today. Doing good is not a bad thing. Being a do-gooder is actually not a bad thing. But unfortunately today, unfortunately we, we live in a society that is redefining what is good. Redefining what is good because see, God has already told us what is good. But unfortunately, we have, we have movements that are now trying to redefine for us what is good so that we are actually celebrating what is evil instead of actually celebrating what is good. And that sometimes when we actually try to do good, we're actually working against God because the truth is that anything we do outside of the definition of what God calls good is actually evil. Everybody with me? So I want you to journey with me just, just for a moment, just for a moment. I want you to journey with me because from the 31st, I'm telling you this word has just got a grip of my heart. I've even, I even shared it at school on, on Thursday was the first day of class. And I said, class, after I had done the syllabus and the introduction, I said, I, I want to share with you what's, what's in my heart, I, what, what the Lord has dropped in my heart. I, wanted, I said, I've been sharing it in church. I, I want to share it with you as well. And remember, we, we started in the garden. We started with Adam and Eve and, and how God had, had created them on the sixth day. And the Bible says that, that he put them in an environment called the Garden of Eden, which God called good. 
not perfect. He said, it is good. Every, every day that God created, God looked at it and he said, it is good. And he said it until he created Adam and Eve. And when he saw Adam and Eve, he said, oh, this is very good. Because for the first time, he saw his likeness and his image on the earth. And we, we have been sharing that like Adam and Eve, we are called to be fruitful. We are called to multiply. We are called to have dominion, to subdue, to, to conquer. That God, my friends, listen, that if you are in the will of God today, God has placed you in a good place. And not only has he placed you in a good place, he has called you to be fruitful and to multiply whatever, whatever God has put into your hands, but, but whatever that environment may be. In other words, you're not called to sit on your hands, you're called to work. Come on, somebody. So we are the multipliers of good. My friends, listen, God has made you good. Turn to somebody and say, you're a good person. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, really, I mean it. You're a good person. Come on. Now, prophesy this over yourself. Touch yourself on the heart and say, I'm a good person. Now, watch this. You're, you're not a good person. I love what Vanessa, she was leading us in worship. We're, we're not good people because we have made ourselves good or simply because we do good things, but we are good people because we are connected to a good God. Our God is a good God. Our Father is a good Father. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Our God is good. And see, when you are connected to the Father who is good, you're not only going to be good, you're going to do good. And so Adam and Eve were entrusted. You know, before they fell, they, they were entrusted to multiply the good of the garden. Make, make the rest of the earth, and I don't have time to talk about the, the two creations today, but, and when the dinosaurs lived in that, but, but here's what God said, make the earth look like the garden, and we actually pray this. This was our theme, and, and Pastor Moses brought it out for us in the Our Father, in the Lord's Prayer, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let the good of heaven come on the earth. How many understand we need good? How many understand you're the ambassador of good? How many understand God's not coming down here to spread the good? You're going to do it. You, you've been entrusted. You are, you are responsible. I'm going to break this down in, in just a moment. But I want you to understand that why is God asking us to do that? Because we're in the midst of an evil world. We're in the midst of a more wicked world. We, we understand that the devil knows that his time is short and evil is intensifying. I said to you that it is being redefined. Let, let me give you some examples in case you're not aware. You know, we, we are living in a society where mutilating the sexual organs of children is now considered a good thing. We're doing a good thing for these children, you know, because they're confused. And so let's wipe out their sexual organs. And they, they call that a good thing. And, 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 and my friends, that's... That's after the fact, if they haven't killed these babies in the womb, you say, well, that's a good thing because, you know, we're giving women rights. And, and, then, and then watch how evil always pushes the envelope because, you know, there used to be a day that, okay, at, at this time, at this trimester, you can have a, an abortion. But now, now we're even talking about post-birth abortions. Yeah, you know what that's called? That's called murder. But they say it's a good thing. 
They say the redefinition of marriage, well, you know, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a positive thing, the, the persecution of Christians, because don't you know they, they are haters and they follow hate literature and, and they're the bigots and they're the, you know, even as our prime minister called evangelicals, the worst part of society. Congratulations, church. The prime minister has called you the worst part of Canadian society. But how many know we're not part of this society? We're part of the kingdom of heaven. And that's why, you know, that's why during the pandemic, it was a good thing to arrest pastors in Canada. It was a good thing to shut down churches and confiscate their property and find them so that, so that literally they couldn't recover. It was a good thing because don't you know, they're, they're a threat. And if, if these people go to church, they're going to kill all of us. How many are not dead in the room? Oh, you lived. You lived on, unlike all these doctors that took three, four, five shots, and now they're dead. You're alive. Now they're looking for, by the way, you have some airlines that are looking for pilots that have been unvaccinated because they're concerned about the heart rhythmics of those that have been vaccinated. Okay, that I got to get off because if I, if I go there... You're going to be here three, I'm telling you right now. But, but, but how, many, how many understand that the sexualization of children, they, they call it a good thing. They, they celebrate it. They parade in the streets. They, they tell you these are good things. And many times the Lord says, no, 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 those things are evil. I've called them evil. I've called them wicked. I've called them abominations. But you see, there's a redefinition. There's a reconditioning of your mind there. There is a psychology that is going on. I, I shared in the earlier service, you know, if, if, has anybody ever grown up, have you ever, forgive my carnality here for a moment, but um, anybody ever grow up watching wrestling? Not, not Olympic. I'm talking like WWF and anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like the days of the Hulkster, you know? Say your prayers, take your vitamins and, you know, and, you know, work out. You remember, you remember that? And my, my favorite wrestler was the Macho Man. Anybody remember the Macho Man? <laughs> the Macho Man would say something like this. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. We're here today to talk about being good about being more fruitful and multiplying. That's, that's what, me, that's what, the, that's what the, the macho man would say. But yeah, right? Pastor, what has gotten into you? All right. Go get some sugar. I know what you're thinking. But, but, but they built this multi-billion dollar industry. Do you know why? On the very premise of the Bible, which was good versus evil. And we always wanted the good guys to win. And ultimately, you know, they would triumph and everybody would go, would go crazy. But then something happened. I began to watch as they did something to the psychology of people. They created these bad characters that quote unquote were so cool that when people used to, you know, they, they used to call them the villain, you know, all of a sudden the people were cheering for the villain. There was one particular bad apple. Um, not that I'm here to talk about wrestling, but 
this, this wrestler particularly annoyed me. I think his name was uh, something Austin. Yeah, he would even have, he, he would even mock, you know, the scripture, John 3.16, and they, he mocked it, you know, Austin 3.16. He would drink beer uh, in, in the ring, and, and he, was, he was as bad as you can get, but as popular as any of the good guys. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Look how they have redefined good and cool and change the psychology of people. Ever watch, I'm laying a foundation, I'm going somewhere. Ever, ever watch a movie and because, you know, maybe, maybe it's a bank robbery and because they give you an emotional side of the criminal, then they rob the bank and the police are chasing them and, and you're watching the movie and because they've given you that emotional side of the criminal, you're actually rooting for the criminal against the police, come on. You're like, oh, I hope they, I hope they get away. I'll, oh, I, I, oh, don't watch out the cops are there. And you're like, what am I saying? There are movies like that where you're rooting for the bad people. You want the bad people to win because they've reconditioned your mind. But, but you see, when, when we get into the Word of God and into the presence of the good God, and we understand the things that He says that are good, then all we want to do is go about pleasing our Father and doing the good by the definition of God. I talked to some of the young people because I, I've noticed it in the vocabulary. You know... Maybe it's not as popular today, but let me give you some of the terms. Uh, do you know that the word sick is a good thing? Uh, if some, uh, parents, I'm going to help you communicate with your children today. If you hear something is sick, what they're telling you is it's really cool. That car is really sick. Or, or if they say to you, wow, that thing is really wicked. They're not telling you it's demonic. They're telling you it's amazing that it's that it's awesome. I, I found out a new one, particularly when it comes to musicians. If a musician is really good, you would say to them, well, that's just disgusting. That's a good thing, by the way. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. Come on. <laughs> that was disgusting. And, and they would go, well, thank you very much. You know, in my day, you'd punch them in the face. Today, they're like, well, thank you very much. Or, 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 or something is dope. Oh, that's really dope. It means that it's extremely positive. In my day, dope was marijuana. Huh? In my day, I remember being in the car with Emily. In my day, I, we were on the way home, and I said, oh, honey, I said, I'm so, I'm, I'm so tired, I'm baked. She said, Daddy, don't say that. I said, why not? I, I said, to be, to be baked is to be tired. She goes, not today, it ain't. Be baked is to be stoned, to be on drugs, but but then the opposite is true. They parents, I'm going to help you here. They they use these terms to describe someone that is in a negative connotation. They'll say things like this. So this is dripping with sarcasm. They'll say, "Well, that's so sweet." It's actually a negative thing. Or, "Well done," or "Oh, I just can't wait," mm -hmm. or. I'm looking forward to it. Or another one is necklace. You'll, you'll hear this term necklace, which really means to, to have a noose around your neck and to be in bondage. And 
So what am I saying? What I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is that the prophet Isaiah told us that, that everything that is good would be called evil and everything that is evil is going to be called good and what's of the light will be called darkness and what's of the darkness is called light. And this is exactly where God places us to continue to be the true light and the true salt that shines within a world of wickedness. But now before we get too full of ourselves, let's remember we used to be we used to be evil. We used to be wicked in a true sense of wickedness, not, not in what the confusion of the day is, is citing. And so I want us to go to two places in the Word. Are we doing okay? Are we doing okay? Here's, here's, here's really where I want to go today. What I want to go today is where I want to go today is that you are good because God has made you good and that you are the multiplier of the good that God has placed in you, around you, the atmosphere that God has created you to change. My friends, we change it because we are good. Not in any kind of conceit, not in any kind of arrogance. God has made us good. As a matter of fact, God has made us holy. And so I want you to notice... Let's stand together as we look to the Word of God. Two places. Two places. Please don't come up to me after service and say, Pastor, that service was wicked. Don't, don't say that to me, right? <laughs> but but here's, here's where we're going. We're going to go to the book of Acts. And we're going to go to Matthew. In the book of Acts, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. Everybody say good. Jesus did good things and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. My friends, I want to submit to you that you and I are anointed by this same Holy Spirit that you and I are anointed with the same power that Jesus was anointed with. He had it without measure. We have it with measure. But I'm telling you, your assignment, my assignment, is to go about doing good and healing all those that are oppressed of the devil. And then in Matthew 25 and verse 23, the story of the talents. I just want to get to the end of it. Remember the story is that the master was going away and he gave five coins to one servant, two to another, and one to another. Remember the one with the five and the two? They multiplied. And the one with the one buried it. And the one gave it back to the master and said, here you go. Here's your money. You have no loss. We're good. We're even. And the master said, we're not good and even. He said, because you are lazy and you are wicked and you're going to be cast into outer darkness. But notice what he says to the five and the two. His Lord said to him, verse 23, Well done, good and faithful. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Uh, Pastor Moses and I just did a podcast on uh, somebody had asked us, uh, eternity seems like a long time. I, I think I'm going to be bored. I guarantee you, you won't be bored. I guarantee you. We did a whole podcast on this, and you need to catch that. But he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. My friends, listen. When you do good, you're going to be joyful. I say, when you do good, you're going to be joyful. And when you do evil, you're not going to be joyful. 
you're going to be sorrowful. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your excellence. I thank you that you are not only good, you're, you're, you're awesome, you're amazing. There's nobody like you. We submit our hearts, our minds, our spirits to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Before you're seated, turn around to somebody and say, be good. Come on, say, be good. Be good. Four things. <laughs> be good. Four things that, that I want to submit to you today, and then we'll, we'll release you. We'll bless you. By the way, I'm still praying for families and individuals that if, you have not, if I've not had a chance to pray for you, I'm doing that at the end of the service. But when I... I began to look at this word good, and I began to look at it both from the garden and what was spoken over that servant, thou good and faithful servant. I really noticed that there were four components that speak to us out of this very message about doing good. And so if God is good and Jesus is good and, and Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, well, pastor, how do I go about multiplying good? Because really that was their responsibility. Go multiply the garden. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How do I go about doing good? And here's my very first point. You'll, you'll notice my PowerPoint up here. My very first point is this. Part of being good is our moral excellence. It's literally about being good. It's, it's the idea of where do we get our standards? Where do we get our values? How, how do we live differently than the world system, not because we're religious and not because we, we follow a bunch of rules, but because we are connected to a good God and we want to be like our Father. How do we display our moral excellence? And, and so through the ministry of Jesus and through the ministry of Paul, Paul said this, if you were a thief, don't steal anymore. Go to work. Earn a, earn a positive living or... Or, or Paul said things like this to the church. He said, he said, don't lie to one another. Speak the truth to one another. He, he said, stop the, the gossiping and the, the backbiting and all the, all the nonsense that creates chaos and division. What was Paul really saying? Be an example. Be a, be a light. I, I love what it says about Daniel of the Old Testament. Listen, that, that when, when they needed an interpretation of a dream, do you know what? You know what? Those that were not even followers of God, you know what they said of Daniel? They said, the spirit of the holy gods resides in this man. The spirit of the holy gods. In other words, they were saying that man is different from everybody else that we have conquered. They, he, he serves a different God, and, 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 and he's, he's got a spirit of holiness and excellence, and, and he behaves differently, and he, he doesn't indulge in the things that we indulge in, although he could, and he doesn't eat the foods that we eat, and yet God is with him, and, and God's hand is upon him, but, but he is different. Do you know why? Because the holiness of God permeates in our lives. Moral excellence, who we are, that we are good people, and that we ought to be able to say that. You know, people just say about Christians, well, they're just, you know, they're just, uh, they're just haters. No, we're not haters. We, we follow the word of God. Why we are called haters is because you hate the light. Jesus said they love the darkness. They, they love to do the things that happen in darkness. But you see, when the light shows up, we expose the light. And then they go, oh, you know, you're, 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 not, you're not all inclusive. Correct. We're not all inclusive. Jesus said narrow is the way. Tight is the way. 
this is the standard that leads to, to God. Not all roads lead to heaven. It's, it's different. It, it, Jesus explained it in the word of God. And so he says, go and be good. Not only do good, be good. Literally be good. Let your light shine. Be the salt of the earth. But how many have found that at times it's, it's hard to be good? You get tired in being good. You're like, Pastor, how come I always have to be good and, and they can be bad? And they get, you know, how come they get away with everything and the moment I do something wrong, I get caught. You know why? Because you're a son and you're a daughter and the Bible tells us that but when sons and daughters, our father deals with us such. And he chastens us so that we won't become spoiled and bratty and, 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 and misbehave because we're not illegitimate. We are children of God. But here's what Paul said to that in verse uh, in Galatians 6 9. He says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. You know what he's saying? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't, don't get tired of standing out. Don't, don't give up of doing the right thing, even though it looks like I'm losing. Pastor, every time I do the right thing, I'm I'm losing. I, I lose a deal because they lie and I tell the truth and, and I have standards and people, listen, listen, at the end of the day, I guarantee you, my friends, you will not lose. And even if you lose in the moment, it's worth it. I'm going to say that again. Even if you lose in the moment, it, it's worth it. Don't be corrupt. Don't be a liar. Don't, don't make things up. Verse 10, it says, therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You see, you need to be good in order to do good. You need to be good in order to do good. I would say this, be good. Paul said to Titus when, when he said, I want you to set elders in place, he said, I want you to set elders that love what is good. Not only that do what is good, that love what is good. You love to do what is good, and then you love to be around other people that are good. Church, if you are attracted to the bad apples, something's wrong. Hmm? I, I see this with uh, particularly some of the, the female persuasion that they always seem to be attracted to the to the, uh, I got, I'm not even sure the word to use because I can't use it here, but, you know, the bad apple, the, the gangster-looking guy, the, the individual that always looks like they're, you know, they're going to they're gonna get in trouble. They're, they're going to cause issues. They're the ones that are in the, you know, the back of the class, and, and there's something that attracts you to these people, and you attract them, but I guarantee you they're not going to bring good into your life. They're going to bring sorrow. Huh? Get God to re oh, you ought to give God praise for that. Come on. You say, Pastor, what if that's me? Get God to rewire your mind. Get God to rewire your attraction and ask the questions. Why are these people being attracted to me? And why am I being attracted to them? If you love what is good, you ought to attract the good. Number two, efficiency. What is efficiency? Efficiency is that which functions well. When God looked at the garden, he said, I like this. It is good. It functions well. My friends, listen, you and I are created to function well. We are created not to be dysfunctional, but to be functional. See, before Christ, you were probably dysfunctional. Maybe you came from a dysfunctional family, dysfunctional situations, but all of a sudden, you come to God, and you are created to be functional. Can I say it this way? You're created to be normal. 
Now watch what happens today. Watch what happens. See, people say, well, well, what's normal? What's normal? I'll tell you what is normal. The life that God describes is the normal life. This is normal. This is normal, and anything outside of this is abnormal. I don't care what politics you put behind it, media, money, whatever. Anything outside of this is abnormal. This is normal. Pastor, is there, is, is there such a, a thing as normal? Yes, there's such a thing as normal. There's such a thing as right and wrong, despite what they're trying to tell you today. But you see, but you see, because we have elevated feelings above truth, then, see, then you can redefine normal because people are like, well, you know, you can't tell me because this is what I feel. And, and if I feel I'm a tree, then I'm a tree. And if I feel I'm a cat, then I'm a cat. And, and you're going to have to call me according to that. No, you know what? You need to get your mind straight. Huh? You need to get your mind renewed. You need to get your mind renewed. Romans 12. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and you know what he says right in there? He says that the will of God is good. It's not bad. It's not evil. The will of God is good. And so that which functions well, watch this. It's a combination of spirit and systems. Functioning well. We follow the spirit of God. But my friends, we also require systems because systems should support the spirit of God. Pastor, what are you talking about? Let's go to the early church. When, they were, when, when, when the church was growing and they had a ministry of feeding the poor like we do with the food hub. But they were feeding the widows. And a racism issue, a racism issue rose up between the Jews and the Hellenistic Jews and those that weren't pure Jews. And, and so the pure Jews were getting the, they were getting all the food and, or most of the food and, and, the other, and the other widows were being ignored. And they came to Peter and, and they said, we have a problem, we have an issue. It, watch this, the Holy Spirit was there, but they were lacking a good system. So Peter said, well, we're not here to bus tables. We're here for the word, and we're here for prayer. And, and my friends, this is, part of the, this is part of the issue that we have in the church today is we want, we want pastor to do everything. We want the pastors to, from, from A to Z. I remember the very, the very first day that I was ordained in this church. I'll never forget it. I use it all the time. I'm in the lobby. A lady comes up to me and says, Pastor, the, the, the toilet is plugged in the women's washroom. As if she wanted me to say, well, let me just get right down there, sister, and go fix it for you. And I looked at her, and I thought, you have the wrong pastor. Not that, listen to me, church, not, not out of arrogance, not out of conceit, but, but I realized, wow, we don't have a system to fix this. So what did they do? He, Peter said, get seven men. We're going to lay our hands on them. Make sure they're full of wisdom, faith, and the Holy Ghost. We're going to lay hands on them. And they're going to create a system that's going to solve this problem. And so they did. But you know what happened? Something phenomenal. When they, when they laid their hands on them and, and they began to bust the tables and take care of the, they began to take care of the widows, the Bible says, now healings and miracles were multiplied. Here they are, taking plates, taking care of the widows, and all of a sudden somebody would come in sick and, and, and they would, you know, Philip would lay hands and Stephen would lay hands. And the Bible says the miracles were multiplied. My friends, you're a miracle working people. <laughs> Systems aren't bad. It's that which functions well. It helps you to multiply. Let me give you an example. How many know the scripture that, 
that says in the Bible that before you call, I will answer, says God. Hmm? How many know that many, I love these prayers, that before Pastor Moses, I even pray, God knows what I'm about to pray about, and God says to me, I've already answered you. I love that. I love that. And so at school, they, they asked me, you know, would you be willing to teach another course, a third course? So now, my friends, on Thursday from, from 9 to basically 9, 9.30 at night, I'm at the school out in Whippy, and I teach six hours on a, on a Thursday. It's, a, it's a, you know, we had the first class last week, and and so I said, well, I said, you know what? It's in my heart to multiply. So I said, you know what? I'll do it. I've never done it. It's a long day, but I'm going to trust God. You know, you know, my friends, they said that the older you get, you're supposed to slow down. Yeah, well, your pastor didn't read that in the manual, right? Because I'm, I'm here to multiply. And so, but, but what I didn't know is that God is saying to me, I got you, son. If you're willing to multiply, I got you, son. Let me, let me tell you. So I get this one of my students, excellent student, uh, that has gone through all my courses and said, Prof, you know, uh, would you be willing to do something? I, I said, what do you want to do? He goes, I, I, I want to become your TA. I want to become your, your teacher's assistant. I want to I be in your classes and whatever help you need in grading, in counseling, in coaching, whatever it is you need, I'm there to help you. And so I said, well, I don't know if this has ever been done in the school. Let me go to the, the powers, if you will. And, and so I said, hey, do you want to run this pilot? And so uh, they thought it was a great idea, and so here we are, uh, breaking new ground. This, this individual is, is with me right in the class, and you know what was amazing? On, on Thursday, the things that I've always had to do for myself, all of a sudden, there were hands there. All of a sudden, this individual was there saying, Prof, let me help you. Let me, let me do this for you. What can I do? And I'm like, wow, I'm not used to having this in the class. But you see, because I was willing to multiply, God said, I will bring people to help you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Woo! And he's fired up, and the students are fired up, and I'm fired up, and I'm like, my God, I can do this. I can do this. And so look at, look at, some, of the, look at some of the systems from the Bible. Joseph created a system in Egypt that, that saved Israel uh, from starvation. Uh, Joseph created systems that, that literally prospered a prison. Uh, David created worship that was round the clock and allowed God to be the center of Israel's life. And, and in the book of Acts, he says, this is the tabernacle of worship that I will rebuild. Moses led the children out of Israel out of bondage by, by the power of God, by strategy, and by systems. Paul created a system that spread the gospel to the pagan world, and, and then he created a system to distribute the money between the rich churches and the poor churches so that everybody would have, my friends, listen, you are created to create systems. <laughs> systems aren't bad. I remember coming out of COVID. We didn't have any altar calls. We really weren't praying for people. And then one Sunday, one Sunday we said, we're going to pray for people. We're going to break out. And, and all of a sudden, God began to move and people began to fall. And people began to fall hard and fall on other people. And I, I said to the staff, I said, the spirit is moving but we lacked in our systems. We forgot about our systems and in order to keep people safe, we, we require our systems. And so my friends, listen, efficiency is about the leading of the spirit, but it's also about systems because every river needs banks. Otherwise, you're out of control and you have overflow. Number three. Number three, everybody say proficiency. To me, this is a high degree of skill and expertise. If, if I'm going to be good, I'm going to have moral excellence. I'm going to have efficiency. In other words, systems that, 
that function well in my family, in my church, in my ministry, in my business, but, but then I'm going to have a high level of degree of skill and expertise. Pastor, what are you talking about? Let's say for a moment that you needed life-saving surgery. You wanted to know a little bit about the surgeon, and, and so you begin to ask questions, and the question you would ask is, is this a good surgeon? Yes. Do they know what they're doing? And, and what if you ask that question and they said to you, well, you know, the surgeon is going to be punctual. I appreciate that. I appreciate punctuality, but, but are they good? Are they good? Well, you know what? He's a great family man. I love punctuality. I I really love that he's a family man. But is he good at this surgery? Well, you know, he's such a caring and compassionate doctor. As a matter of fact, he is so caring and compassionate, he goes to the funeral of all his patients. And your next question is, how many funerals has he been to? Because you see, that's great that he's a family man, and it's great that he's caring and compassionate, and, and it's great that he's punctual, but is he good at what he does? Has he done this surgery? Does he have a success rate? Church, can I ask you the question, are you good at what you do? Are you good at what you have been given? Because in each and every one of us, good gifts have been deposited. Resources have been deposited. Anointings have been deposited in there by God. Are you good? Are you multiplying them? Because here's what I believe with all my heart, Pastor Moses. On the day of judgment, if you are a born-again believer washed in the blood, then my sins should not be an issue at judgment day. Yes, Delray? Hey, evangelist, if, if my sins are dealt with here, why am I going to, unless I'm living in sin, no, 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 the question that is going to be asked is the question of those talents. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with that gift? What did you do with that anointing? What did you do with your spouse? What did you do with your children? What did you do with the resources? Because the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. And that scripture terrifies me because I've been given much. This is why I work hard. I work hard for God because I worked hard for Pharaoh. When I was in the world, I worked hard for Pharaoh. And I said to my father, when I come into the kingdom, I'm not going to work any less hard for you than I did for Pharaoh. This is why I say to everybody, see, I'm not from the cloth. I'm not from the cloth evangelist. I, I, come, from, I, I, come, from, I come from the corporate world. I, I, I understand. I understand what it's like to serve Pharaoh. I, I understand what it's like to have the taskmasters over me and, 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 and working with people that are not godly and not right. This is why I say to anybody that ever wants to come to ministry, I say to them, go get a job and then come into the ministry. It's not a resort. That's what I tell the staff all the time. All the time, I say to them, listen, people, all the time, I said, when, when we call a service, when we call people to serve, when, when we call a policies and procedures on a Saturday morning, when we call people to come and pray every night, here's what I say to them. Those people are coming after they've worked a full day. Standards. Efficiency. What are you doing with your gift? What, what are, are you multiplying it? Are you using it for God's good and to bring glory to God? Are you, are you becoming an, an expert, literally expertise in 
in what you do. If God has given you, for example, uh, a talent, I honestly, I, I, listen, if I could sing and play an instrument, you'd never get out of the church. I'm just telling you right now, you'd never leave this place because I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. <laughs> Uh, Ranjeev, you know, I do the Macho Man, Ranjeev, Pastor Ranjeev, that's Pastor Tony. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen that video, but, but, but watch what ministry is. Ministry is not one of us doing everything. Ministry is relying on other members of the body of Christ. Huh? Every, every member, every part of the body multiplying, doing their thing. If you've been given a gift, multiply your gift. Use your gift. Become, be, can I say it this way? Become the best at utilizing that gift. Why? Because it's for God. It's for God. And you're doing good. I say to Pastor Moses all the time, we're communicators. We're going to become better communicators. We've had to learn how to communicate online. We've had to communicate, you know, we're doing, we're doing podcasts. We're, we do all, everything we do, we try to do and multiply the good because our gift is unto God. Because everything we do is for the Lord. Because you don't want to be the lazy and the wicked servant. <laughs> I said to Pastor Moses, and uh, we're having a theological debate on this, him and I. And so, but the Lord's going to reveal it to him. But um, um, here's what I, I, I was in the gym and I said, Pastor Moses, I said, you know what's opposite of good? What's opposite of good is lazy. Huh? See, because the good was a multiplier, but the lazy was a barrier. I'm going to bury it. I'm going to be average. I'm going to be status quo. And church, let me, let me say this. I want you to, I want you to see something about your father. Because you hear me talk a lot about, I'm almost done. You hear me talk about emotional intelligence. Pastor Rajiv, catch this. You hear me talk about emotional intelligence. God, without arrogance and without conceit, was able to say, this is good. Can you? You see, I can tell you that the work that I do at APC is good. It's lovely when people tell you, come on somebody. It's lovely when people tell you, but I, but I know it's good because I have confirmation. Well, pastor, you're, you're arrogant. No, no, no. Don't, don't get caught in false humility. Huh? That stuff, oh, evangelist, that stuff makes me sick, eh? The people that are so full of pride that want to come across like they're the most humble people on the earth. Get over yourself. Get on the, under the grace of God and let the Lord deal with your emotional intelligence. I'm not talking about spirituality. You ought to be able to have the emotional intelligence to know because you have affirmation from the Father that what you're doing is a good thing. That's why Nehemiah said, I'm not coming down there to meet with you clowns, you know, Sanballat and Tobiah and all the rest of you that are against me. I'm not coming down there because what I'm doing is a good work. I'm rebuilding this wall. And you're not going to distract me because I'm going about doing good. My friends, you ought to have the emotional intelligence to be able to look at your own work and say, Father, I know it is good because you confirm it. See, when we're doing good, even our emotional intelligence is whole. Because we don't have to have false humility. And we don't have to have pride. All right, I got, I got to land this plane. Uh, uh, Corey, you could come up, my brother. Some of the... Uh, <laughs> some of the, uh, you say, Pastor, what do you, what, what do you say? Listen, 
Paul indicated, listen to what Paul said. Talk about, is he arrogant? He said God had given him an anointing to be a wise master builder. Uh, David was excellent at the sling uh, and the stone. The prophets were skilled in the school of the prophets. And, and Daniel and the three Hebrew children were, were 10 times better than anybody else. And young people, young people, let me help you. If you are smart, continue to be smart. Listen, don't dumb down your smarts to make other people feel good. Huh? If you're smart, be smarter. If you're good, be gooder. Pastor, you're going to need to go to English school. Yes. Amen. Don't, don't soften things because God has made you a certain way. Huh? If you're holy, be holier. Church, we, 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 we ought to bring meaning back to the, to the title of being a Christian. Huh? It ought to mean something again. That, that when someone says, oh, oh, that person's a Christian. Hmm? Oh, oh, that girl? That girl's a Christian. You know what that means? You ain't getting anywhere with that girl. Huh? Because that girl serves God. Uh, that girl has purity. That, that girl, she follows Jesus. We ought to... We, we ought to bring back something to Christianity that, that, that when we're in business negotiation and someone says, oh, oh that person's a Christian, that, that means you're not going to lie. You're not going to be fraudulent. Unfortunately, the reverse is, is true. I've, I've been with unbelievers and they find out I'm a pastor and the first thing they, they want to say to me is, well, pastor, let me tell you about your people. And here's what I can never, I can't figure this out. Maybe Pastor Jason can figure it out. How can non-Christians have good hearts and Christians have bad hearts? Help me out, somebody. I mean, if you got the answer to that one, huh? You ought to be the best people. We ought to be the best people. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to, because we're connected to a good God. Huh? We, we ought to be experts in doing good. And here's another philosophy I always say to the staff. I, I always say, what's the right thing to do? In other words, what's the good thing to do? What's the good thing? We were invited somewhere, and honestly, I was tired. It was a long it was a long week and a long day and a long year and, and uh, I said, you know, I, I really don't want to go. My own daughter said to me, Daddy, you know this is the right thing to do. We're going. I said, we're not going. I said, you go. She goes, you're going to go. I said, I'm not going. I'm tired you know this is the right thing to do. And I'm like, stop throwing my own words. So what did we do? We went. Because it was the right thing to do. And when we, when we got there, the people were just so overwhelmed. Just, you know, church, do not, I want to say this to you. Do not underestimate the power of your presence. I've been in scenarios 
You know, Pastor Moses had to go to the hospital uh, to pray for some people. Tough situation, tough. And sometimes we just feel useless, don't we, in those scenarios because we, we want to come with the power and, you know, and, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. But don't underestimate the power of your presence. Just, just showing up. See, because your God is inside you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Number four, and I'm done. Number four, and I'm done. Worship team, get ready. Number four, I call it dynamic power. What is dynamic power? Listen to what Romans 12 and 21 says. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Evangelist, good is a weapon. Good is a weapon. Pastor, how do I overcome evil with good? How do, I, how do I come over that supervisor? How do I overcome that neighbor? How do I, how do I overcome that difficult situation? How, how do I, how do I uh, overcome those people that always sit in the back of the class and are throwing things at me? The Bible says you overcome it by good. Because you are good. Because you're doing good. I'm not suggesting that you, know, you, you cause people to walk over you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you overcome, as Paul said, you overcome evil by the good that's within you. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. You know, you know what that word oppression is? You know what it means? It, you can stand with me. It, it, it means to be ruled over harshly. My friends, there are so many people in our world, so many people in our day that, that, that the enemy is ruling over them harshly. And you and I are called to be good to them. Because here is the truth. Every time the power of God is moving, good things are happening. Come on. Every time the power of God is moving, good things are happening. And the kingdom is advancing. This is why I pray this over you. Power. Power. Not, you know, Pastor Jason talked about the power to get wealth. The power to become the children of God. But what about the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that breaks the bands of wickedness and sets people free? When this movement, this woke, left-wing, wicked ideology is finished, they are going to leave a wake of destroyed people in their path. And the only one that could put them back together is going to be the Father. And the sons and the daughters of God that are here to say, we're going to do good. And we're going to overcome evil with good. Father, I bless your people today. These are the do-gooders. And it is not a bad thing to do good. Open our eyes. Open our understanding. Give us wisdom and knowledge and discernment. And Father, those that are weary in well-doing, I declare new strength. And Father, those that are oppressed today, if you are under the, the taskmaster, that harshness, we break the power of the enemy over you, over your mind and over your family. We break every curse. This is why we bless you, because the blessing of God is stronger than any curse. Hallelujah. And so I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, 